Welcome to the EF3 Life to the Fullest podcast. I'm your host, Dan Jason. At EF3, we're committed to empowering people in the areas of education, faith, fitness, and finance. Having a positive mindset and growing to become better people is what we're about. Every day, we have an opportunity to get out of bed and make this world and ourselves even better. Be sure to visit ef3life.com and follow us on social media at EF3Life. Life to the fullest. Today, our audience is in for a real treat. It is my privilege and honor to have a dear friend of mine, George Hajnasser, to join our podcast today. Born in Texas and returning to Lebanon at two years of age, George grew up overseas and returned when he was 17 years old, only speaking French and Arabic. His courage to come to the United States in 2004 to pursue a college education and to truly live out the American dream is an inspiring story. George now has a profession in business development. He went to college at the University of Albany where he earned a bachelor's degree in finance and then pursued an MBA at St. Rose. Some of George's hobbies include motorcycles, skiing, world travel, cigars, scotch, and wine. And he also enjoys collecting watches, cars, boxing, and cycling with those who are in his inner circle. One funnier fun fact is that I was the reason George met his now fiance. It's awesome to have the privilege and honor again to speak to George and have him share with us his story. George lives with great conviction. He's overcome great odds in his life, and he's also chased down opportunity by taking risk. I'm really excited to speak to George about going outside of one's comfort zone, the importance of working hard to achieve our goals, and living a life filled with enthusiasm and an unwavering faith. Hey, George, how's it doing, my friend? Good, good. How are you doing, Dan? Doing pretty well myself. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate you having me. It's my pleasure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's great because our listeners are really in for a true treat. Uh, since I met you a number of years ago, you always had a great enthusiasm for life. Tremendous sense of humor, and you have a really amazing story. So I'm really excited for you to share all of that with us today. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me, and I'll, uh, as uh, as you know me, I'll be uh, pretty much as open as always uh, with my responses, so people can get the full scoop. Yeah, that's awesome. So the first topic that I want to discuss with you is going outside of one's comfort zone. Certainly in life, this is a way for us to grow and to expand, to be able to really uncover and discover who we truly are. And that's through trying new things. And certainly you've had a very interesting and opportunistic route to coming to this country and then everything you've been able to do because you've taken full uh, grasp of those opportunities and sought them out. 
So maybe you could take us back to when you were uh, a young kid living in Lebanon and what life was like and how it progressed and how you were ending up here in the United States. No problem. So uh, we'll walk you through. So I obviously, uh, so uh, I grew up in Lebanon at about age, uh, I used to come to the States in the summertime. I was born actually here and left when I was about two years old. My parents took me back to Lebanon to go to school uh, in Lebanon to be able to learn uh, about the culture, learn French, learn Arabic, and learn also uh, uh, religion and participate in my, in the culture and the heritage of my parents. So uh, I used to come in the summertime to the States and I really enjoyed the vacationing here of, uh, in the summertime. But uh, the situation, I went all the way up to high school in Lebanon. Wow. And when it was time for me to go to college, to be quite honest with you, Lebanon is a very small country. It's the size of, roughly the size of Vermont, I believe. And opportunities wise, opportunities are very limited. So everybody, everybody's overeducated. Everybody has MBAs, bachelors, a lot of, I mean, there's one doctor on average to 10 people. So everybody's very educated, but there's no opportunity to support mm. uh, the amount of ambition and the amount of uh, talents that are present in the country. So for me, just by uh, knowing enough about the United States and knowing that I have some relatives over here and knowing that I've seen some of my family when they immigrated to the States, they came here with nothing and how they built uh, everything they have from scratch and how they became very successful. The way I looked at it is uh, that is my number one opportunity. I mean, my parents always told us growing up, they said, listen, you know, we may not have that much money to leave you guys, but at least you have that blue passport and that American citizenship that you have. If you honestly cannot go to the United States and make it there, then most likely <laughs> you're either not very hardworking <laughs> or you're doing something or you're doing something wrong yeah so absolutely. i always had that in the back of my mind you know no that's that's awesome i mean they definitely planted that seed in you at a, at a young age and you understood that you had this opportunity and you made it happen i just want to backtrack a little bit maybe you can tell us because a lot of people myself included don't know a ton about Lebanon's culture and traditions and the history. And you mentioned your parents wanted you to grow up in that atmosphere. And, and certainly that uh, added a lot of value to your life as a young person, but also that work ethic that you learned that you're carrying out today. What was life like for being a young kid growing up in Lebanon? And was there any turmoil or challenges that you might have faced that helped you to take the leap of faith to come to America? Yeah, no problem. So, um, I mean, I was born, I was born right at the tail of the Lebanese uh, civil war. So I do, I mean, I do remember when I was a child up until about probably when I was about five years old, but remember some of the fighting and remember some of the hostility, especially when we were, I mean, we lived in a, in a city called Zahli, which is, which is a very, like uh, the capital of the Catholics of the Middle East. So it's a metropolitan area that is very nice. Uh, wine country but also I remember the hostility when we were to travel sometimes to different parts of Lebanon where in Lebanon there was the civil war was mainly based on a lot of uh, different groups but mainly driven by various religious uh, I mean 
you had the Christians on one side, you had the Muslims on the other side. And when we traveled another place, being where we came from, where it's a predominantly Catholic area, sometimes you could feel that tension. I mean, up until the war was done, and then after that, things started to calm down. But I always, the one thing I always knew is that when you're, when you're in Lebanon, the difference between Lebanon and the United States is in the United States, you come to this country, you are actually, from the minute you set foot here, you're blessed. Like, you do not need to be Albert Einstein to succeed. As long as you're hardworking, you will actually be able to make a decent living. Even, as a, even with the, the most uh, basic uh, jobs, you can still make a decent living. Where in Lebanon, if you are, there's a lot of uh, difference in social classes. So sometimes if you're born rich, you die rich. If you're born poor, you die poor. And also, you could be the smartest guy there's or, there's already so many other smart people that are hardworking too, just like you. So sometimes you can still be smart and hardworking, yet not be able to really break that barrier or uh, or excel uh, too much because of the level of competition. Mm. Where in the states we always try to always give opportunities to everybody as long as they're willing to work hard, we give them opportunities. Another I, thing that sorry, go ahead. Dan. No, I was gonna say I think that's just great insight for people to hear because we tend to think of america as like the american dream but you are a prime example of someone who made that dream into a reality and i love how you mentioned before and i had to interject because it's a really important point that you said if people are willing to work hard those opportunities will be carried out and the minute that you step here it's a blessing uh, during this time period that we're living in now with the social unrest, with a lot of things going on with this pandemic, a lot of times I think people forget that about the United States. And it's important for us to remember that this is a land of opportunity, as you mentioned, for those who are willing to work hard to achieve it. Absolutely. And it is, it is really, it is, I think it has a lot to do uh with the person's uh, attitude and their outlook and their philosophy on life. But it's very easy for most of us and sometimes to forget in the tough times, just like these times that we're going through now, to forget the blessings that we have and actually always focus on the negative more. When in fact, the most important thing is specifically during these tough times is to focus on the blessings that we have. I mean, from my side, I mean, I look at myself I came here at 17 years old. I had $2,000 to my name. And my first job, my freshman year of college, I was a dishwasher. I mean, there's one thing I told myself every time I washed dishes at night when we was, I worked at a restaurant. I was like, you know what? I would do this job only for a year or so. And after that, I would never do this job again. I made a promise to myself that I would never. I hated washing dishes so bad, so much. And I don't like to use the the word hate because it's a big word. But to be honest with you, with dishes, I definitely feel comfortable uh, feel comfortable uh, using it. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to do this uh, crappy job for a little bit, and it's going to be tough. But you know what? There's you get when you go up when you go up the staircase, you don't jump to the middle of the staircase. You have to go the first step, and then go up to the second step and the third step. And if you start skipping too many steps, then you lose balance, which to me is if anybody, everybody thinks mm. that they're going to come out of high school and go become a CEO of a company or make 
I don't know how many thousands of dollars, then you're trying to skip steps, and that's gonna that's gonna make you not appreciate that win that you have uh, when you have it. Absolutely, yeah. I think a lot of people, especially younger generation, doesn't understand that it takes time and progress is what counts. Everybody wants to get to the top, but not everybody's willing to work hard to get there. And that determination, that relentlessness, that day in and day out grind is a process and you will get to where you want to be, but you have to be patient and you have to go through the proper channels. Most of all, you mentioned it and it's, it's worth continuing to stress, but it has to happen through that hard work, understanding what you desire. Now, when you were crossing the, uh, the Atlantic and you're coming over here to a new country, and as you mentioned, you don't have much money to your name, you had to have a lot of hopes and dreams of your own as a, as a young person going off to college in the United States. Take us back to those days. What are the things that you most remember about that journey, but also about what was going to unravel once you came here to the United States? Because right now you are extremely successful businessman. You're a tremendous uh, member of the community in the capital region. But as you mentioned before, it takes time. There's a process. So what was going through your mind when you're crossing the ocean per se, and you're coming to the United States and you're hoping for this bright future. Yeah, I mean, uh, when I'll be the one, the one thing that really resonated with me is when it was time for my last year of high school. I remember my parents, uh, my mother and my father, talking to me, and they they said, "Listen, you know, uh, here's the, you're about to graduate. You have you have money more options than most of your friends here. So if you want to stay here and go to college in Lebanon." That is absolutely not a problem. We can support you and help you to do that. But another option that you can do is to go to the United States. It's much more risky than here. But also, we, we believe that this, is, this will open a lot of doors for you. And I'll be quite honest with you. I stopped and thought about it. And to me, the easiest route was to probably just stick around and just go to school in Lebanon. I had all my friends already. I didn't have to build a new network of friends. But then I looked, then I kind of sat down and gave it some thought. And I looked at some of my, my sister, I had an older sister and I looked at some of her friends that were in Lebanon. And my sister had graduated high school and is a very similar, very, she has a very similar thought process than I do. When she graduated, she started applying to schools, and she didn't apply to any schools in Lebanon. She started applying here in the United States. And I remember after two years that she was here in the States, she was already came here, started working, was already doing so much more than her friends who were literally only going to school and getting their allowances from their parents to be able to live. And I looked at that, and I was like, you know what? I really... It's really not my uh, the route for me because if I I always I always held myself to high regards I always I always was uh, pushing the barrier and I, I'm always that guy who wants to push the envelope and I said you know what maybe for these other guys I I mean I respect their opinion but or their point of view but for them they don't have this opportunity that I have so for me it was more risky but it was definitely the route to take 
And even when you take it, you know, you never know, you never know for sure if, if you're going to succeed. I mean, I said, I'll go there and I'll try it out and see. I mean, I may come here and not be able to succeed. Maybe I don't fit in the culture. Maybe I can't assimilate. Maybe I'm not able to build a social network, especially for somebody who's very social like myself. It could have been a challenge, but I, but I would not be able to live with myself today now, knowing that I never took that challenge or never took that risk. Because to me, it's always about there's all the people that want to keep the status quo and most, and then you have that other person that is willing to push the envelope and is willing to go the extra step. And maybe sometimes is willing to, to take that jump that is not a hundred percent guaranteed that you're going to make it to the other side. You may fall and hurt yourself, but you're going to be, if, if it does work, you're going to be that one to make it to the other side. So I'm, I always been, yeah, that's I mean, always been my mentality. Yeah. I mean, that's just tremendous words of advice and wisdom because so often people aren't willing to take a step out of their comfort zone, let alone a leap of faith like you did. It's a very admirable. And for our listeners and those people out there who might be contemplating a, a big decision, Hopefully they can tap into that trust in themselves, in their ability to adapt, to try something new. Because as you alluded to, it's in those risky situations when you get outside of your comfort zone, when you take that leap of faith, that you have the most growth. And if you would have never done that, think of all the things that you would have sold yourself short to. And that's something that when I discuss different topics on the Life to the Fullest podcast, that's really what the platform is about. If you want to live that full and abundant life, you're going to have to take chances. And you're a prime example of someone who took the chance and then you made the most of every opportunity. And it wasn't like things were just falling into your lap. You had to work really hard and you had to chase it down. But hopefully the people out there who are listening, those who are maybe struggling with taking that leap of faith can jump out of the boat per se and set sail into something that they could have never imagined how it's going to fully develop. And that's amazing for you to go outside of your comfort zone and, and to see how things have yeah. developed. And that's lives. one thing I tell everybody. I mean, if we, if we had that superpower to be able to look into the, as human beings, all like all of us to look into the future and know exactly how thing, how the stock market is going to end up doing in three months or how my decision is going to end up working out or is this decision going to be seen to the future what's going to happen i mean we all would be millionaires and billionaires but that's not how life <laughs> that's not how life works i mean god has a plan we got to leave it in his hands but also at the same time we need to take the initial step and have uh, and have faith and know that you know what we need to make we need to make this move we need to take the risk and with risk comes a reward absolutely now a lot of times as we discussed a little bit before people are scared to take those risks you mentioned taking risk can reap great rewards how has being a risk taker helped you in your life obviously coming to this country it helped you and it's opened up new doors of opportunity but now that you've been assimilated into the culture for, for many years and you're a very successful businessman, how has taking risks helped you 
in the last five or so years when it comes to progression and continuing to climb that ladder as you alluded to earlier i mean i will okay so i think i can uh, here i'll give you i'll talk about the subject in general but i'll give you a couple specific examples from specifically from 2020 because i feel like this year has been a uh, a very very uh, interesting year for people to take risk and for uncertainty i feel like in general, where people are not willing to take risk, even people that usually would. I mean, in general, for me, I've always been a risk taker. I'll be quite honest with you. I get up every day, and every day, the minute I get out of uh, bed, I thank God for another day, and I always say, you know what? Let's make this day a special day. To me, is if we're not living every day and achieving something, at least as long as you, even if you achieve only one thing during that day that's, that makes a difference, on the world, then that day did not go to waste. To me, if I was to come home at night and feel like there's a whole day that was wasted and I didn't, I wasn't able to contribute something even to my own personal growth or to, the, to my loved ones around me or to my friends or to anybody or to the world in general, to me, that's a day that has been wasted. So I get up every morning and I'm, I mean, almost every day I uh, take some risk. And I feel that that has paid me, uh, paid off well for me. I mean, when I also say risk, I always, I always like to make sure to explain to people that I'm not somebody who's reckless either, because there's a fine line between taking risk and being a reckless person. To me, taking risk is you want to make a decision, you think it, you think it through. You don't get hung up on it and spend days and months or to make that decision but you think it through and you run a number of what if statements as to if I was to do this, here are, what if this scenario happens? What if that scenario happens? What if this scenario? And again, we may not be able to have all, all the various uh, outcome mapped out, but it's good at least to have majority of them mapped out and have an idea of the different outcomes and how you're going to tackle uh, and how you're going to tackle each uh, outcome if it was to to be the case now in relation yeah i think that's yeah i think that's really important advice because it's calculated yeah, calculated right you mentioned not being reckless yeah and and people can understand that if they're struggling or nervous about doing something new when they do those what if statements when they kind of play out different scenarios even though something else could develop they then are prepared because recklessness is just doing something with you know just without abandon just going for it and not thinking about it at all whereas being a calculated risk taker understanding the different scenarios having something to fall back onto having a plan of action and that being prepared will help you to ultimately succeed now you mentioned uh speaking on maybe a couple things in 2020 where being a calculated risk taker was worth it and has helped you to continue to grow and the one thing I wanted to mention also is for people, when we, when, we say, when we say take risk, there's nothing wrong in being nervous when you're taking risk. Because honestly, if you're not nervous or you're not a little bit cautious, then most likely you are that reckless person. So having that little, being a little bit yes. nervous is always good because it offers you, it, it makes you evaluate the consequences of that decision well. But in the same time, as long as everything in moderation, we don't allow that, uh, that evaluation, the consequences to hold our uh, progress forward. So 
so in relation to a couple examples, I'll tell you the one the one example that really uh, I think that was probably my biggest risk taking uh, this year is uh, right actually around February March time when the pandemic had started the uh, beginning of 2020 I uh, received a job offer from a company that I really 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 was uh, have worked with before on on different projects and I really loved this company and I was really interested in it yet I was with my last company for 10 years which I also loved my job there and I was offered this opportunity and to me it was really interesting during this time that specifically during the pandemic and it was a big uh, it was a risky move because it's always especially during uncertain times to come and change your job from a, especially from a place where you've been for 10 years to take a leap of faith and get it, take a new job on where you're moving into a whole different company, especially in a time where you don't know how companies are going to be doing financially in a year or a year and a half or uh, two years. So that was the first thing, uh, the first uh, biggest risk that I've taken in 2020. I mean, I'll be quite honest with you. I, I sat down, I really thought it through and I was like, what are my options here? And the main question that I asked myself, if I wasn't, this is an opportunity that I cannot let go without, without at least having some type of regret later. But I asked myself, if I was to let this opportunity go and stick with the status quo, which is my current job that I'm in that is going well, what would be, what would be the case to do over here? And I said, you know what? I would not be able to live with myself not taking that leap of faith and that actually taking this opportunity because later on I would always kind of wonder what if I did or what if I did this jump or what if I took this step. So that was the first thing uh, in 2020. And the second example I'll give you quickly just so we don't take too much of the listener's time. Uh, back on the 4th of July, uh, I proposed to my uh, fiance who actually uh, you have a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of uh, positive to do with the introduction uh, between uh, me and her. And uh, we've been dating for a while and I really been, we've talked about uh, marriage and I was, I was really, uh, I mean, I wasn't hesitant, but in the same time during the pandemic, I was a little bit cautious. Like here I am on a new job. Do I go ahead and make an investment and buy a ring and propose to her? I really want to do that. But also, financially, I was thinking about it that maybe it's a little bit too risky to go spending a large amount of money uh, and take a big step. And also, it's, uh, it's on the emotional side. It's a big leap of faith, especially for somebody like me who's, uh, who's in their 30s and uh, now taking the step, especially when, uh, especially when in the culture that I come from, marriage is... Uh, not something that could be reversed uh, easily. My dad always says, when you're a Catholic, you got to do your homework way ahead of time because you get the only one shot at it. No, oh, that's, that's <laughs> so true. So first of all, I couldn't be happier for you and your fiance. It's, it was amazing news to, to learn when uh, you started dating, let alone you becoming engaged and are planning to get married now you're certainly stronger together. So I think something that could be learned when it comes to that risk that you took 
is that as a couple, and I truly believe you're both, uh, you fall into this category, you're a power couple, you can do amazing things individually and then together, the, the world better will look out because uh, you guys could do some tremendous stuff together. It's uh, important for us to understand that. And the second thing uh, to talk about that calculated risk a little bit further, you mentioned taking the leap of faith numerous times and doing a job that you had done really well, but you knew that maybe you're at a certain level in the company and there wasn't more uh, vertical growth per se. You had this new opportunity that came up and what are you going to decide to do? What if I take it? Well, this could happen. What if I don't? So often people stunt their own growth. They limit themselves because they're not willing to take those risks. And as difficult or as challenging as it might be, my hope is that you sharing these stories and these examples and, and others who will do the same will give some wind to people's sales and give them a little bit more courage and confidence that they can take that leap of faith and that it can work out well. We're going to take a short commercial break. We'll be right back at it in a moment. This podcast is brought to you by EF3, Life to the Fullest. Make sure to log on to our website, ef3life.com, to purchase my bestsellers, Winning with Money, Dollars and Cents, as well as Fire Burning Within. Both of these books are accessible and could be yours for less than $20 a piece. In order to live a full and abundant life, we've got to educate ourselves, grow our mind, and continue to progress. Make sure to check out my books and other resources by visiting ef3life.com. Life to the fullest. Welcome back to the Life to the Fullest podcast. I'm your host, Dan Jason. And I'm here with George Hajnasser. We're discussing taking a leap of faith. And even if it doesn't, to the degree that they had hoped for, they will at least have learned something and they won't have to live with regret. And absolutely, Dan, 100%. I mean, you have, it's always, uh, it's always, always, always important to not be stagnant. And I always tell people, if we're not, if, in life, you're not moving forward, you're moving backward. There's no standing still. That's why we got to always, always look for what is that next step? What is that next move that we can do to actually grow ourselves from either a financial uh, point of view or from an actual personal uh, growth point of view? That's a perfect segue actually into our second topic that I want to do a deep dive into with you is working hard to achieve your goals. Certainly, you've come from a family that instilled that in you, parents who run a business, who are entrepreneurs, and your home environment definitely laid a solid foundation. Uh, you alluded to that earlier on growing up in Lebanon, and then you came here to the United States and carved out your own legacy as you're continuing to grow in the business world. So, where does this spirit or this hard work ethic stem from? We know that your parents instill it in you, but why is it worth it? Why should young people understand that it's worthwhile to work hard, even if 
you can't get to where you want to instantaneously. Why do they have to trust that process? So the one, the one saying that I I use to summarize my philosophy on working hard with most young people and even people that are in the same age bracket that I'm in, I always say, in in life, anything that comes easy goes easy. And that's something that we can look back in history and see exactly how many how many kids or how many people were born millionaires and were handed fortune and ended up and ended up dying uh, broke because they did not work for that money they have they did not value that money that they have so to me is the work hard play hard is a very important thing I took my work ethic mainly from my parents, but of course, your parents instill the foundation in you. And any house that you build, if you build it on a crooked foundation, it's gonna fall down. But when you have that strong foundation, you take that foundation and then you start building on it. And as you go along, I mean, you what you learn from your parents is instilled in you, but you have to also have your develop your own style and develop your own philosophy on how you want to approach life and how you want to approach, like, what's your work ethic going to be? How are you going to interact with people? How are you going to uh, be in business? Are you going to be extremely aggressive? Are you going to be in the middle? Are you going to be totally on the non-aggressive side or not, or on the mellow side of uh, doing business? So to me, the foundation starts with my parents, but everything after that, I think the most important thing that I... Uh, feel like uh, that contributed to my success is the fact that when I came to the to the United States, I started doing uh, the the jobs that I did first were definitely not the easiest jobs like delivering pizzas or like working in the kitchen or like uh, washing mm. dishes or mopping floors at a restaurant or something like that. All those jobs were not easy, but to me, anytime I have a weak moment now where I feel like you know what this I'm having a rough day or something, I just it takes me one, literally two seconds to think back at those jobs that I held before. And then immediately my whole outlook changes back to seeing that, you know what, I have come far. And even this difficult day is nothing compared to working in the kitchen in the middle of the summer uh, where you're literally uh, sweating from the minute you go in to the minute that you leave. <laughs> yeah, I love that being the architect of your life you mentioned having your own style and building upon what you might have learned in your youth and making it your own people certainly have to figure it out for themselves and they have to keep going if they hit a stumbling block or something that's challenging so long as they don't stop and quit as long as they can like you mentioned reflect on the past and use it to fuel their fire and build upon it certainly they can be successful and overcome really anything that comes their way. Uh, definitely have to say perspective is huge. And somebody like yourself who continuously has that glass half full mentality, being a positive person, trying to get back on track as quickly as possible, a problem solver. Those are all really important pieces of advice for people when it comes to working hard and staying the course along the journey. What other advice would you offer younger people out there who want to be successful? Obviously, hard work 
needs to be at the core of every solid foundation. But what else would you suggest could be things that they could tap into, mentalities to have, yeah. things to try to help them take the next I think one step. important thing that I always mention to younger people, and I mentioned it to my own brother. I have a younger brother who's about 21 now, and I mentioned it to him when he was in college and when he was getting into the workforce, is always be unapologetic. I feel like nowadays a lot of the younger people that I work with or that I meet are always worried so much about fitting in or about being that cool kid or about being that someone that is the same like all their other friends. And I always say, why do you want to be the same? Being the same like everybody else, is, it doesn't make you anything special. It just makes you part of the actual herd. What I tell people is be unique, be your own person. Be that different person and actually be unapologetic about what your beliefs are, what your philosophy in life is, and what your approach is. I mean, think, think things through and always be open to new ideas. Don't be stubborn because we always got to make sure that when we're unapologetic, we're not getting to the point of where we're actually too far on the, on the spectrum that we are actually stubborn. We want to stick with being open-minded and always willing to take input from other people, but in the same time, not let other people change your mind all the time about what you want to do or where your drive is. Decide on here's my uh, personality and here's my uh, race to run and here's my fight to fight and this is how I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it my own way. No, that's great advice. It certainly is important for people to run their own race, be authentically themselves, so that way they can grow and develop and live out truly what their deepest desires are. So often people are looking over their shoulder or trying to win the approval of others, yet they're selling themselves short and they're really losing their own life in the, in the midst of it because they're not doing what they truly are passionate about. Yeah. They're not just being their truest self. Uh, so it seems like you would agree that it's like about marrying conviction, someone who has that convicted mentality to be themselves and also having that open-mindedness so they can continue. Exactly. To and grow. be a trendsetter too. Don't, don't be the one, be okay. a trailblazer, be a trendsetter. Don't be somebody who always, I mean, greatness never came from the stat from people who want to live by the status quo greatness came always from people that push that envelope and that are always looking for that better way to do things or that that little invention or that little uh, uh higher efficiency uh, approach to things no that's really you embody that mentality of a true leader and whoever has the privilege of working with you i'm sure they benefit from that on a daily basis because our world needs more people like that that have that willingness to be that convicted person who's willing to make decisions and stand their ground for what is good and what is going to benefit others now i also love how you're somebody who lives with great enthusiasm there's not a day that goes by when i don't spend time with you or you're with a group of friends that you're enjoying life you're cracking a joke you're having a good laugh, and at the same time, you live with unwavering faith. Now, how do you combine those two things? Because a lot of times people think, if I'm somebody who has great faith, I have to take things so seriously. And on the other end of the spectrum, 
many times people who are living with this enthusiasm that just want to enjoy life sometimes lose the faith. So how are you able to have both and just live it out authentically the way that you do? So when it comes when it comes to faith, I tell I tell most of my friends or my uh, the people that I interact with on a regular basis. To me, faith puts is pretty much at the foundation of everything I do from the minute I wake up to the minute I go to sleep. And it's that feeling of think of the best example I give people is think of two uh, two people going up the staircase and you're going up the staircase and then here's here's me going up the staircase i i worked out five days a week i got no bag on my back so i have no weight and i'm literally going up those stairs and no problem and then here's this other guy or this other lady who's going up the stairs yet they haven't worked out uh, on a regular basis to train for going up these stairs and they have this massive bag on their back with all this weight who do you think is going to go up that staircase much easier? Of course, the person who trained for it and the person who actually has no weight on their shoulders. It, to me, my faith is that mechanism of taking all that weight off my shoulders and taking all that uncertainty. So when I reach a point in that staircase where there's a hole in the staircase and the staircase is falling apart, yet I can, I need to jump to reach the three steps ahead, I'm not going to sit there and worry about, am I going to make it or not? I'm going to get up there and I'm going to put my full force and make that jump, having faith in God that he's actually going to catch me and get me to the other side. And I think this year, 2020, has been a great, uh, even to some of my closest friends, when I say this to them sometimes, they always say, oh, that's why maybe you're always positive. But I always, but I said this year specifically in the middle of the pandemic, I see some of my my most like successful friends or some of my most uh, sophisticated friends, and they're really down on themselves. And they're like, "How can you be like not worried about this? Like this is gonna be this is ridiculous. Our whole life is changing." And I always say, guys, like it's not the end of the world. Like, no, we're never. If you were meant to live thirty years, thirty-two years, thirty-three years, or if you're meant to live ninety. When the, the God brought you here and God will take you whenever he wants and you will not be able to live an hour extra. And if you're, this pandemic is just an obstacle in the way that puts things in perspective for us that makes us appreciate what we were taking for granted before. That's all it is. I mean, we can look back at the Spanish flu, at the plague. I mean, our ancestors lived through those things and the world continued, no problem. It, is it going to change things and teach us lessons on how to, do things a little bit differently? Absolutely. But to me, I never, even during this whole pandemic, I never wake up being worried like, oh my goodness, like am I going to catch uh, the virus from somebody or this and that? I mean, again, you got to help yourself. You, God doesn't help those who don't help themselves. You're always going to take your precautions. But in the same time, don't live your life with this constant worry. Because at the end of the day, if you're meant to, whatever time you, you're meant to spend on this planet, you're going to spend it. And you're not going to spend an hour less or an hour extra. And I think there's plenty of examples in the world, I mean, that we have seen from car accidents where somebody's car gets destroyed and they walk out without a scratch, 
to somebody dying in their recliner at home. So it's not, uh, that's my, I think for me, that's where I put faith. My faith is literally my driver and the, it's that feeling of ease that takes all the weight off my shoulders, especially when I need to take a big jump. I know that he's always with me and I know that I'm not going to be left alone. Wow. Some tremendous insight there. And my hope is that people can understand in those most trying times of life, whether it be during this pandemic or different things that might come up, obstacles, sickness, deaths in families, loss of job, the list goes on. We're all going to face challenges. It's just a matter of when. It's important for us to rely on God to lighten the load. And often people just think that they have to carry that cross by themselves, but God's always going to be there to help us with those difficulties. He wants us to be successful. He wants to see things get better for us, but he also has a lesson that we can learn in those times. And, and you mentioned it. My truest hope is amidst all these things going on in our world today because of the pandemic, that people become enlightened, that their eyes are open and they have that renewed perspective because often it will last a little while, but then people tend to forget when time continues. Certainly you've tapped into your faith throughout your entire life and it served you well. And now you're continuing to inspire other people by the way that you're living every day. And that's something that has to be recognized because each of us, no matter where we are, on this journey of life, no matter who our sphere of influence is, there are people who are observing, who are noticing how we're living, how we're treating other people, and the way that we go about things. So perspective is huge, and tapping into that faith and having that trust is just a prime example that we can and we will get through hard things, we can do hard things, and that God's there every step of the yep. way. Now, Jesus said, Jesus said, I, I came so they might have life and have it to the full. So, as you know, that's what EF3 platform was founded on. It's founded on John 10.10. Certainly, you're somebody who lives a full and abundant life. When you hear the phrase life to the fullest, what does it mean to you? What most resonates? I think this brings me back to my point from earlier. To me, what this statement says, it says, every day you live, make sure you achieve something and that you contribute something to the world. Life should not be wasted by just sitting here and kind of just, it's like a ticking clock where we're just waiting. When is, it, when is it gonna be our time to go? I mean, we're here and we're just spending time. No, we are here. Each one of us has a purpose. And some of us have sometimes a more complicated or a bigger purpose than others. Again, no, no purpose is more important, is more or less important but we all have a purpose to live in this life and may, we should always make sure that we are here, we are doing something. Every single day, we are either impacting another person positively or helping somebody or actually growing ourselves, teaching, actually, teaching ourselves, teaching others on how we can always progress and learn more and become more uh, of better citizens in this country and in the world in general. Yeah, I love that. I think sometimes people tend to overlook the value in self-improvement. And so often we hear from a lot of external voices and people around us 
that if you're doing something for yourself, you're selfish. But actually the self-improvement, educating, becoming stronger, deepening our faith, you know, being better with our finances and, and, you know, improving our health and our wellness through fitness, whatever the avenue might be, not only is it going to benefit us, it's benefiting the people around us as well, because there's no way that we can contribute the fullest if we ourselves are not where we need to be. And not to mention, being that example in those different areas and avenues can be encouraging, inspiring to others. Being a little bit vulnerable, and I commend you and thank you wholeheartedly for sharing some really important pieces tonight on the podcast because it's really crucial for people to be able to uncover their own lives and come to a sense of, this is where I'm at, but I don't have to stay here. I can continue to progress. There are other people out there who've had it far more difficult than I have had. And whatever the case might be, whatever I'm facing today, this doesn't have to be the end. This isn't my final story. I still have a very full and abundant life to live. And I think one very important thing, Dan, that you actually have had a lot uh, from a, had said to me multiple times and really resonated with me is we each run our own race. And don't oh, we shouldn't focus on what other people. If somebody, somebody is, we we're we're always guilty of stopping and looking at other people, saying, "Oh, so and so is doing much better than I am," or "So and so is doing much better than I am," or much less. At the end of the day, we all got to run our own fight, uh, run our own race, and then fight our own fight because the opportunities that I'm presented with are very different than the opportunities you're presented with, are very different than the opportunities that another person is presented with. So. Always keep the uh, keep your eyes on the prize, and always run your own race while actually having that motivation to always uh, move forward. Yeah, I think that's really a key to progress, and because people can so often get caught up in looking at what other people have or how successful they are, and then comparing in a negative manner. And I've always said, if you are looking at what someone is doing and you want to emulate that because you admire their work ethic, you like the way that they're living in terms of living a full and abundant life, they're a faithful person, they're doing things the right way, there's nothing wrong with that at all, but do it in your own manner. And when people live that out, when they live their truth out, they will be genuinely fulfilled. Right. They'll have that joy, that inner peace that will resonate inside of them amidst anything that life throws their way. So maybe tonight to uh, close out the podcast, you can just share briefly anything else that people can learn in order to grow in their faith, because sometimes we reach a stumbling block. You mentioned having that trust. You mentioned going up the staircase and, and kind of continuing to rely on God no matter what comes your way and understanding there's a lot of things that are not in our control. So how can we still have faith amidst the difficulties and grow in it when we face uncertainty? What is maybe a tangible takeaway for our listeners tonight to hear so that way they can take that next step in their faith i would say the one the biggest the few, there's a few big points here that i can think about is one that something that helped me a lot is i struggled with this when i was younger 
And as I got older, I've learned this very quickly and I became at peace with it is that God is in the driver's seat and we have to trust in him and we have to leave it in his hands. Again, I like to clarify that this does not mean that we just sit and wait for things to come to us. Think about it as God is the driver of the car and you're the co-pilot next to them. So you have some impact on how things go because even though God is driving, he's got a destiny for you. You have an impact on saying like, okay, what about this turn here? What about that turn there? What about slowing down here? What about speeding up over here? So you have an impact on your destiny too. That's one thing I always say to people, leave it in God's hands, but also God doesn't help those who don't help themselves. So God being that co-pilot, right? It's important for people to understand that, as you mentioned, they have to take some action too. And the other thing that I love that you mentioned is when people are in that cockpit with God, that's really a relationship. And one thing that I see totally lived out every day when it comes to you is you build relationships with other people. And a lot of times people who are really social with others sometimes have a hard time understanding how to have a relationship with God. But that relationship, having those conversations, thinking, asking, you know, saying a prayer, that could be the difference maker when you're steering the ship or driving the car with him in that same vehicle. Absolutely. And I I personally like to look at God as a parent myself from a parent point of view, because in my opinion, I'm always, even anytime I reach a fork in my life where I have to make a big decision, I say, you know what, God, you gave me a brain. You gave me intelligence. I'm here. I evaluated this decision. And here are all these various scenarios. And my heart is in this place. And sometimes your heart and your mind are in two different places. But then you decide to go in a certain route. And oh, I always say, you know what? I'm going to go in this route, but I leave it in your hands to give me a sign if this was the right way to go about it or this was not the right way. But I always give it a good prayer before I make a decision. And to be quite honest with you, I can't tell you how many times I've been at a fork in my life and I make a decision and it immediately feels like it was the wrong decision. But then I learn later on that God had a bigger plan because that decision ended up taking off three, four, five times more than if I was to take the other route at that fork. Yeah, for sure. I love that. Understanding God's in control making sure that we pray, ask for that guidance and wisdom that help to make that next step or that leap of faith and trusting that he has a plan. And so often we see that that plan being lived out, when we take accountability, when we continue to trust, we continue to live things out and and do our best, we make a forthright Mm -hmm. effort. In time, we look back and we can see, wow, I can't believe where I came from. And, and, how life is and one thing to remember is if you if you are taking risk in life and you don't and you have God on your side, that is calculated risk. I mean, I think about it every single time. I, as you know, Dan, I ride a motorcycle every single time I fire up my motorcycle. I can't tell you how many people tell me this is a dangerous hobby. It's a dangerous hobby. Why would you do that? And I always say, you know what? It's my job to be safe but I also have 100% faith in the guy up there that if something, if something, if I take my hands off that wheel, I think he will drive uh, 
this thing home as long as you trust uh, in him. So taking risk with God on your side is calculated risk. Taking risk without God on your side is is reckless. Well, George, it's certainly been amazing to have you on the air. Uh, very thankful for you to join the Life to the Fullest podcast and the EF3 platform. It's been truly tremendous to hear your story, have you share so many inspiring words of wisdom. You continue to amaze me in everything that you're doing in your professional and personal life. And to hear how the journey started and to see it unfold has been a prime example that people have just tremendous potential so long as they trust, they take some risk, and they work hard. So thank you so much again for sharing all that you did this and evening. And I appreciate you, Dan. I just want to thank you for your time. And I want you to, uh, I want to say how much I value your friendship. And I also, most importantly, I want to thank my immediate family, my mother, my father, my sister, and my brother, because if it wasn't for the bond that I have with them and the support and the, the, the life philosophy that they instilled in me, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I want to also thank my fiance who loves me unconditionally and is willing to pour up with all the risk I take on a regular basis, who not too many people are willing <laughs> to put up with. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. Uh, Life to the Fullest podcast. George, it's been a pleasure. Hopefully you'll join us again. Absolutely, in the near 100%. It's been my pleasure, Dan. All right. God bless. And again, congrats on the engagement. Certainly it's a, a big year ahead God for bless. you. Take it easy, brother. You got right, Take care. For EF3 and the Life to the Fullest podcast, this has been a great episode with George Hajnasser. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. And until next time, make sure to check us out on social media at EF3Life, as well as EF3Life.com. Continue to live with passion, take some risks, and remember that the best is yet to come. There's only one way to live, and that is life to the fullest.